verse in this passage. It is not fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. The main point that I would like to make is this. Jesus shows us in this lesson that the chosen ones are rejected and the rejected ones are chosen. The blessed ones are cursed and the accursed ones are blessed. The whole backdrop of this lesson, I believe, if we could put it in uh, familiar terms, is that of racial prejudice, of racism. We, cannot, we can't understand this lesson uh, apart from that as a backdrop and a framework. And Jesus addresses this in a very unique way. The backstory of this, Jesus was together with his disciples and they had just encountered the scribes and the Pharisees and, and they were complaining that Jesus' disciples were not washing their hands before they ate. Now sometimes we complain that our children don't wash their hands before they eat. But he was, they were speaking of a ritual washing and of, of the law of Judaism. Jesus said to them, Not that which goeth out of the mouth, goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth is what defiles a man. And then he called these scribes and Pharisees blind leaders of the blind, and then he went on to say, Those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile a man, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. I don't think he was trying to win any kind of popularity contest with the scribes and the Pharisees. And so they left. Wouldn't you? <laughs> they got out of town. They left town. Immediately, they went into what is called the district of Tyre and Sidon an area inhabited by the Canaanite peoples. Do you remember the three sons of Jonah? Shem, Ham, Japheth. In broad terms, the Shemites, or the Simites, were considered the Asiatic people, the Japhethites, the European people, and the Hamites, the African peoples. This is not exactly accurate. It's a rather broad generalization, but it gives us some context. Nevertheless, Canaan 
of which they are called the Canaanites. Canaan was the offspring of Ham and had been cursed by God because Ham had uncovered the nakedness of his father Noah. Now, I don't think it says that Ham and his, that Canaan and all of his descendants were cursed. Maybe it does. I'll have to look that one up. But I think it says that Canaan, him, he was cursed. Canaan was considered to be the Canaanites, but see, sometimes we take something like this and we apply it broadly to everyone. And so the Canaanites were considered by the Jews all Canaanites to be cursed, pagan, crude, idol worshipers, wicked, fierce, most definitely second class. The Shemites, that is the Jews, however, had rejected God's only Son, Jesus Christ. And He knows it, and they know it. And so He goes. He goes to the land of the Canaanites, the Hemites, to teach His disciples a lesson in faith and to show them that the kingdom of God is open to all peoples, all nations. And He had already shown this to His disciples when He healed the Roman centurion servant by the centurion's faith. The centurion was a Japhethite. He was a Roman. He was a European. And they showed, he showed his disciples the great faith of this Japhethite. And now he's going to show his disciples the great faith of this Hemite, this Canaanite. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and cried, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely possessed by a demon. But he did not answer her one word. St. Nikolai says that it wasn't customary for Christ to, like, ignore or not to reply to people's questions or requests but that he remained quiet in order that the woman should give an even stronger expression to her faith in him, and that all of Christ's disciples and all of his companions would see this in her and know this. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away. There's another way of translating that. It would be, let her be, for she is crying after us. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. St. Nikolai speculates that it's possible that the Lord's disciples were actually expressing some degree of sympathy for this poor woman who was begging Jesus and said that let her be in that it could have either meant do what he asks, do what she asks, or get rid of her, 
to stop the crying, to stop, do something so this, this scene gets calmed down. Jesus answered the disciples what the scribes and Pharisees would say. You get this? Jesus is not answering of himself. He is answering their question the way the scribes and the Pharisees in Jerusalem would answer the question. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Again, St. Nikolai says, The Lord deliberately spoke like this as all the Jews had spoken in order that the disciples should reflect and themselves come to the conviction and the understanding held by their nation <clears throat> was mistaken. In that this understanding was, <clears throat> was as much mistaken as it was the nation's degeneration as much as the nation had apostatized from God and its rejecting and despising the Lord. The Lord Jesus did not want to teach His disciples only by words, but also by living examples from life. Instead of using words in this case, He lets the encounter with the pagan woman be an unforgettable lesson to His disciples. Unforgettable. He could tell them it was wrong. All right, now, now look, we're right in front of a woman who's expressing faith, even after she's insulted, expresses even deeper faith, and now I'm saying what the Jews say about her, and it doesn't make sense. Jesus is piercing deep, deeply into the hearts of his disciples. But she came. She knelt before him. And she said, Lord, help me. And he answered. It's not fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. This Jesus' words? Is this Jesus? Are these Jesus' words? Is this what Jesus thinks? No. He's quoting the scribes and the Pharisees. He's pounding this. He's pounding this. This is wrong, wrong, wrong. What you have heard is wrong. Look. What terrible words St. Nikolai says. The Lord here was not using His own words, but the language of contemporary Judaism who considered that they alone were God's children and that all other people were dogs. The Lord wanted in this way to have His disciples revolted by the wicked exclusiveness that existed among the Jews. And she said, Yes, Lord. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And then Jesus said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done as you desire. And her daughter was healed immediately. 
What a wonderful plot reply from this humble woman. She did not even deny being belong, belonging to people that could be called dogs. She didn't, she, it, neither did she, even though she was better than the Jews, refrain from calling the Jews Lord. Yes, Lord. She was quick to grasp the Savior's figurative words. Great faith brings forth great wisdom. Great faith finds the apt word. Her meekness before the Lord was so great, and so was her love for her sick daughter, that it did not even hurt her to be called a dog before the most pure Lord, who among sinful men wouldn't feel like himself to be an unclean dog before God, before the feet of Jesus. Even the centurion, you remember what the centurion said? You remember what the Japhethite said? Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Same thing. Same thing. As long as a man does not feel his sinfulness, he cannot take a single step towards his salvation. Finally, St. Nikolai, in his reflection on this verse, says, the bread is Christ. And the crumbs, even the least of Jesus Christ, mercies toward us. The hungry dogs who do not even have crumbs will be satisfied even with these crumbs. Today, at this moment, we prepare to approach the table of our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ, to partake of the bread. Let each of us ask ourselves, will I come as the chosen one? Will I come as appearing as the righteous one on the outside? knowing that I'm faithless and corrupt on the inside? Will I come as the blind leading the blind? Will I come as one holding the keys to the kingdom, but not allowing others who enter, who wish to enter in? Or will I approach the chalice of the life-giving body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, like this Canaanite woman, approach the bread of life, full of faith, acknowledging my sins, humble and meek, just asking for the crumbs. That's what I want to do. That's how I want to approach the Lord. Is that how you want to do it? Will you do it with me?
Let us draw near with faith and love, asking God for mercy. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Perhaps you're visiting with us today, worshiping with us today. And you too, you identify with this woman. This woman of strong faith, acknowledging your sins before God, desperately seeking His mercy, His love, His grace, His cleansing, His forgiveness, His healing in your life. That's why you're here. I invite you to keep coming. Come again. Come and be with us again and again and again. And give us an opportunity to to guide you as the Holy Spirit leads into the fullness of His heavenly kingdom. O Lord Jesus Christ, our God, Strengthen our souls. Drive away all fear and all doubt within us. O merciful Lord, fill us with joyful faith, healthy thoughts, and ardent love, that we may give praise unto Thee, together with the Father and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen.